0: Hello everybody, welcome to the Professional Dork Podcast. I'm your host, Ann Werner. I'll be narrating the story. In tonight's tale, a man starts his day dealing with his aging father. It's called Mornings. And just a reminder, the show does have a Patreon. If you would like to support the show, um, please head on over to patreon.com slash professional dork. Any amount that you pledge a month helps the show, and at the $2 level, you get twice the amount of episodes, one every single weekend. If you like this show and want to see it keep going, please consider it. I'll give you more info after the story. Um, But for now, please sit back and listen. This is called Mornings. were meant for sleeping in, at least in Oliver's opinion. He wasn't particularly extreme in his hatred of early mornings, nor was he a night owl, but those blissful moments between sleep and wakefulness, in a soft bed with golden light streaming through the window, head full of peaceful thoughts and hope, those were moments to be treasured. And he enjoyed them so rarely, since the rest of the world didn't respect such an observance, and often scheduled shifts before dawn or pulled him out for late-night activities, making such natural morning reveries impossible. And Oliver always thought it was odd, since by all accounts, the rest of the world agreed that sleeping in was a beautiful thing. But despite being in universal agreement, the world always conspired to take these moments away from him. Today, it came in the form of his elderly father. Wake up, Oliver. Oliver grimaced and tried to ignore his father, but the man leaned over and started shaking his shoulder. I know you're not really asleep. Close enough, Oliver muttered, but obediently rolled over to face his father. What do you need, Dad? I can't find my glasses. Oliver groaned and buried his face back into the mattress. And yet you found me just fine. Well, you're significantly larger, especially lately. What's that supposed to mean? Just a suggestion. The body is the temple of the soul, not just the vessel. Oliver tried to give his father the evil eye while also snuggling back into his bed. Well, maybe I like having some extra large rooms in my temple. Please help me find my glasses. I'm useless without them. The old man pleaded, then paused. Don't say it. But you walked right into it. And now I'm walking out. I'm still the adult here. That is a question of semantics. Oliver finally gave up and eased himself out of the bed. At thirty years old, Oliver was certainly considered an adult— And while his elderly father also met the age requirement, his independence had fallen somewhat from that expected of an adult. For that reason, Oliver had moved into the apartment to help with the chores and keep an eye on things. And more often than not, track down wayward glasses. "'Do you remember where you left them?' His dad stamped his foot, impatient. "'If I could remember that, I'd just go there,' I wouldn't waste my time with you. Oliver froze. And after a few seconds of strained silence, his father's shoulders dropped. Ollie, I'm sorry. It doesn't matter, Dad. I didn't mean it. I said it doesn't matter. Oliver brushed past his father and entered the living room, beginning his search around the sofa and the coffee table. His entire life, they'd tried to get his father to leave his glasses on the nightstand or some consistent place, but to no avail. With age came forgetfulness, and the poor glasses sometimes went on lengthy journeys before being returned to their owner. Oliver didn't know exactly how that happened. His older sister Frida also wore glasses and was similarly shut off from sensation without them, and she was incapable of leaving them somewhere and just forgetting about them. As the second they were off her face, the world reportedly became a blur of colors with no definition. She certainly would have noticed the second they became parted from her company, and thus never drifted too far away from the place where she took them off. How his dad managed it, Oliver would never know. It's fine, Dad. Sometimes I just say things. The words come out before I can think them through. Honestly, that didn't always make Oliver feel better. It wasn't the current lack of impulse control that hurt, but the fear that those thoughts had been rolling around in the subconscious for years, always held back by a barrier of social nicety. The father from his childhood was a kind man with never a bad word to say, so it was difficult to face the possibility that perhaps the truth was very different. "'It's fine. I don't care,' he told his dad, which was such a horrible lie." If there was anyone who cared and relied more on people's perceptions of him, it was Oliver. He knew he shouldn't base his self-worth on things like that, but he'd always struggled with the fear of being unwanted or not good enough. It was his father who told him to be brave and face the world anyway, for he would always be loved and wanted by his parents. I don't mean any of it, Oliver. Of course you don't. Oliver gave up the couch and searched the rest of the living room. Then the kitchen, his father's bedroom, and the bathroom. Still no glasses. Oliver leaned against the sink and tried to think of anywhere he might have overlooked. His father reached over the countertop and pulled back a small orange pill bottle from a cluster of soaps and creams. "'What's this? It's not one of mine.' Oliver winced when he saw it. Looked like forgetfulness and misplacing things ran in the family. "'It's mine.' he said, and pocketed the prescription. When his father continued to look expectant, Oliver managed a shrug. Work has been stressful lately. As good an explanation as any. His father maintained his stare, and Oliver tried not to wilt. Can I do anything to help? The man finally tried, and Oliver looked away. No. He pushed himself away from the sink and returned to the living room. "'starting the whole search over in greater detail. "'I wonder if we can get a GPS tracker for your glasses.' "'His dad trailed behind him, despondent. "'I said mean things to Frida, too, didn't I? "'That's why she left? "'More or less, but Oliver couldn't bring himself to say that out loud. "'What did I say?' "'Just forget about it. "'You will in a bit anyway,' he almost added, "'but managed to hold his tongue.' It was a long time ago. And Xander? Did I drive him out too? No, Xan... Xan had some problems. It was too early in the morning to get into his brother's life choices. It was nothing you did. In fact, staying away was probably the most thoughtful thing his older brother had done in years. As much as Oliver could have used some support... If Xander were around to beg for money and give depressed, drunken monologues at 3 a.m., Oliver would have collapsed under the pressure. The family was too small and fractured to handle two lives in turmoil. Two and a half, if you counted Oliver. But still, he did miss Xan from time to time. When he wasn't stoned off his face, his brother knew how to make him laugh like no one else could. When they were kids, Zan used to take him down the street to buy snacks and shoot basketballs, and it was the only time Oliver found sports remotely fun. Zan made life fun, Frida made life orderly, and Oliver just tried to stay afloat. Behind him, his dad was still talking. Is mom with Xander. Oliver turned around, a little surprised, though he knew he shouldn't be. Mom's dead. It's been a while now. Oh. That's right. I remember. Oliver wondered if he really did. Good. I didn't hurt her too. The anguish on his father's face was palpable and Oliver couldn't help but walk over and offer a consoling hand. These aren't my thoughts. The things I say. I've never thought them before. Oliver wanted to believe that. The gentle man he'd known couldn't possibly have had an evil thought in his head. He wanted to believe there was never any time he viewed his children as unwanted or a waste of time. Is Frida coming back? Oliver swallowed. Maybe. Eventually. His sister needed some time to cool down. Maybe a few years. Some distance to make the aches easier to bear. She called Oliver sometimes, sent cards on holidays. She didn't hate them. She just couldn't handle caring for their father on top of the family she already had, and Oliver didn't blame her for that. She loved them. She'd come back when it counted. For the funeral, at least. Maybe I should call her. Apologize. His dad moved towards the phone, and Oliver stopped him. No, Dad, I don't think that's a good idea right now. Too soon. His dad's voice shook, but Oliver could tell he understood. Right. You'll tell her I'm sorry? Of course. He always did. That was Oliver's job. Tell Mom that Frida was sorry, tell Frida that Zan was sorry, tell Zan that Mom was sorry. Now he was the messenger boy for his father. "'It was just natural. "'I'll tell her, Dad.' "'Where are my glasses?' "'His father asked with a contained misery. "'I can't see anything.' "'I'm looking.' "'I hate this.' "'Oliver offered a sympathetic look, "'then returned to his task. "'I know.' "'He eventually found the glasses over by the window, "'tucked between some knick-knacks on the sill. "'Oliver breathed a sigh of relief and exasperation, "'but took them up and returned to his father. "'The man was standing in front of one of the walls, "'gazing blankly at a row of paintings and family pictures. "'These are stupid. Why do we have them?' "'What do you mean?' Oliver asked, "'glasses still in his palm as he looked over the images. "'A landscape painting that Frida had made in 10th grade, "'a photo of their family in front of the beach, "'the last vacation they had all taken together.' Photos of himself, Xander, and Frida as children. Their parents on their anniversary. He and Xander hugging their nephews. His father sitting for a portrait with all his children and grandchildren. So many wonderful memories. What's wrong with them? These are our family photos. They're stupid. I I can't see them. His father knocked one of the frames askew with his hand, and Oliver quickly stepped in front of him. Try putting on your glasses. But his father turned away and continued down the wall, lightly smacking it in his agitation. They're just big blurs. People who don't even matter anymore. And he fumbled around for the nearest picture and lifted it off its hook. Oliver swallowed as his father set the picture down on the floor, then moved on to another and another. They matter, he said. None of this matters, don't you see? It's all a big joke. His father shook his head. I'm getting rid of it. I can't see it anyway. I can see it, Oliver protested, and I like it where it is. Well, it's not your house, his father roared. It's mine. And we're roommates now. Don't I get some say? I don't want you here. Oliver felt as though ice water had been poured down his spine. "'My house, my walls, and I don't want pictures I can't see!' He took another picture down. "'I don't want to see these people!' When Oliver tried to step forward, the man turned and glared. "'Get out!' Oliver swallowed. "'I can't do that, Dad.' "'What, can't find the door?' His father snarled. "'I hate having you here. "'I wish you'd never come!' Get out! It was just age, illness, that made him say these things. Things were changing inside the old man's brain. This wasn't the man he'd depended on for so long. Why are you still here? Sometimes Oliver wasn't sure. Frida always ended her phone calls with the suggestion that he should leave. Let their father receive care from some medical professional who wouldn't take these outbursts personally who wouldn't have a loving childhood with the man to be systematically dismantled. But Oliver never left. After all, he was broken and dependent and stressed out, and there was a prescription bottle in his pocket that said so. "'Here's your glasses,' he said quietly, and placed them into his father's trembling hands. "'I'm going back to bed.' He turned on his heel and felt his father step after him. "'Wait!' It's too early for this. I need my sleep. Mornings were for sleeping in, after all. And if Oliver could, he'd sleep in for three weeks straight. He got back into bed and tried to summon dreams of happier times. And it worked, sort of. He remembered being little, falling asleep on the couch during a movie, with his father's hand ruffling through his hair. He'd never felt more centered or comfortable in the world. Those were better days, when Oliver wasn't a waste of time, not something to annoy and nag and be ordered to leave the house. And his dad was kind, strong, and eternal, not shaken by illness or the slow deterioration of time. Mortality wasn't on the horizon, nor the possibility of watching everything they loved slowly disappear. When he woke up, that familiar hand was still brushing through his hair, though the setting had changed. His father sat on the edge of the bed, lovingly guiding the long fringe back behind Oliver's ears. There was no telling how long the man had been there. Good morning. Morning, Oliver murmured back. I'm sorry about earlier. It's fine. Oliver sat up, and the hand in his hair retracted. He just needed to learn not to take things so personally. He'd always took things too literally, too close to heart. He was too sensitive, everyone always said so. Except his father. It's not. I love having you here. I love you. This earnestness was the same he'd always known. That quiet sincerity that told Oliver it didn't matter what murky feelings the world evoked in him. Because there was a man at home who was bright and pure and constant. He was wanted, he was loved and special, and they would see each other through. They could figure out anything. You are the greatest joy in my life. Oliver wasn't scared of his father dying. That was part of life. That was inevitable. He wasn't afraid of the grief and the loneliness that would follow. But he was afraid, deathly afraid, that if things continued like they were, he'd lose faith in all these beautiful words he'd grown up on. He couldn't afford to lose faith in this man. And he also couldn't leave him alone, not after all the years that Oliver had never been left alone. I love you too, Dad. His father smiled, but it was a sad one. He adjusted his glasses and spoke, What I hate is that you're seeing me at my weakest, that all I do is hurt you. It's not your fault. Not really and Oliver had heard all the apologies before. He accepted them, even if he was still finding a way to live with their reality. There are good moments, too. Tears came to his father's eyes then, and the morning sun caught them in a shimmer of light. You grew into such a fine young man. When did that happen? Must have been when you weren't looking. I suppose so. His father took off his glasses and wiped them, his hands shaking ever so slightly. He put them back on his face with a look of resolve. I'll just have to keep my eye on you, so I don't miss anything else. That's what family's for, right? Oliver felt the hint of a smile budding on his own face. His father scooted closer on the bed. I love you, Oliver. The brightest thing in my world he repeated before enclosing his arms around the younger man. "'These are my real thoughts, and I mean them with all my heart.' "'I love you, too,' Oliver whispered back, feeling for a second that maybe, just maybe, this would be fortifying enough against the future. His father held him all the tighter. "'I don't want to keep hurting all of you.' "'We'll figure it out,' Oliver promised back in a whisper." After a minute more of the replenishing embrace, he reluctantly pulled back. You didn't get rid of the pictures, did you? His father raised an eyebrow. On the wall. Because even if this arrangement, me living here, doesn't work out, that was real. All those memories, they really happened and I don't want them to just disappear. They won't, Ollie. They won't. His father reassured. "'I put them back. They'll stay where they are. "'As long as you want them there. "'Forever.' "'Nothing lasted forever. "'This Oliver knew. "'It was being proven to him every day. "'All things came to their slow, eventual end. "'But some things had to last. "'Otherwise, what was the point of their existence? "'If Oliver and his father aimed for that unattainable target... Maybe their arrows would still fly far enough to carry them through. All right. Forever. His father agreed. You're a good boy, Ollie. I'm a very lucky man. Well, I know no one else is so good at finding your stupid glasses. He poked his father in the stomach and was met with a startled, grateful disbelief. This is true. The man murmured. I'm very blessed indeed. He cupped a hand behind Oliver's neck and drew him close, placing a kiss on his son's forehead. We will figure this out. Oliver settled his head on his father's shoulder and enjoyed the silence that followed. It was later in the morning, but the sun still had a bit of its early golden radiance to trickle in the room, and in their apartment at least, the tranquil peace reigned supreme. Mornings really were something beautiful, something to be treasured. And in Oliver's opinion, worth waking up for. You've been listening to the Professional Dork Podcast. That was called Mornings. Written and read by myself, Anne Werner. If you enjoyed this story or this podcast in general, please let me know. You can leave a review in iTunes or a rating or you can visit patreon.com slash professional dork and leave a comment or click that little heart button to let me know that you liked it. Um, That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash professional dork where you can also pledge one or two dollars a month to help keep this show going, pay for hosting fees and all that fun stuff. There's a couple fun rewards, some involving my other podcasts, Um, and two dollars a month gets you twice the amount of episodes for this podcast. So twice the amount of stories, one every single week. I hope you'll consider pledging, but even if you don't, thank you so much for listening. Um, It's time to sign off now, but I hope we'll meet again.